Let's see all these people who are joining us in the new year. I love this, Kathleen and Leslie and Buddy, Kathy, Nancy, Carol, Josh, Aaron, Joanne, Lori. I love this. I love that all you guys are joining us. Rose, what a pretty name. Um, we have a very big webinar for today. We have 225 people that have registered for the webinar. I figure at our height, we'll probably have about 80. We are recording this, which is wonderful. Adam Budukavali, who is our lead designer, is running this webinar for us. Thank you, Adam. And he's gonna make sure that everything keeps running smoothly. But also we want you to know that we will be sending out to you guys a recording so that you can review this and you can share this with people. Feel free to throw it up on Facebook, put it on Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever works for you guys. What I would like you to know is I'm so appreciative of you showing up to the webinar. If you move your mouse and you go down to the bottom of the, of the screen, you're gonna see the green share button. If you go to the left, you're gonna see the chat box. And what I would love you to do is click on the chat box. I can see Jackie from Alabama and I see Julie from Tucson, Arizona. Please type in your name and where you're from. We want you to use this chat box. We have fabulous presenters with us today. I just love them. And we're going to be able to pick their brain. So if you have a question, I will make sure that I watch this. Adam also knows to text me if anything comes up that's, that's um, <laughs> unbelievably interesting. I am Sarah Cooperman. I'm the CEO of SCW Fitness Education and Water in Motion and the new SEAT program that's supported exercise for ageless training. Um, I love this webinar. This actually was helped put together with, by um, Carter Anderson, work smarter, not harder. And with the increasing popularity of HIT and other similar workouts, the general fitness population has been fed the idea that you must go hard to achieve the results you want. However, this can lead to injuries and hurt progress in the long term. So what we're going to talk about today with these three wonderful ladies is how to achieve astonishing results without breaking down your client's body. Um, the first person I'm going to mention in the lime green background, which I absolutely absolutely adore is Abby Apple. She's the owner and CEO of Abby Fit Consulting and Abby Fit Programming Solutions. She's an award-winning uh, fitness educator and she's develops and delivers programs. She works with Core Health and Fitness, Nautilus, Schwinn, uh, Nemersa, and a variety of other organizations. And we're also very, very proud to call her SCW's own for her bar certification and her Pilates certification. Um, and we've got Linda McDonald here, who has been a presenter at the Mania conferences. And I think, Linda, this may even be your first webinar. It is my first webinar. It, it is. We're very excited. She's very articulate. 
Plus, her hair looks really good today. So she works with, she's a program specialist with Bar Above, Balatone, and Extreme Hit Chaos. She provides her fitness expertise as a consultant to local health clubs, evaluating group fitness instructors, and providing upskilling workshops. That's great. That's from Linda. And then we have the fantastic Kelly Roberts, who is not only just amazing, she's also a wonderful friend. Um, she was named IDEA International Fitness Instructor of the Year. She was awarded um, SCW Best Female Presenter as well. And she was also inducted into the National Fitness Hall of Fame. She leads the SCW Personal Training Certification, is currently writing an active aging personal training certification and also leads the SCW active aging certification. She is a lead trainer also for Schwinn. Um, and she has started just countless videos throughout the fitness industry. So welcome Kelly, welcome Linda, and of course, welcome dear Abby, Lime Green Abby. Okay. So, <laughs> So these women lead HIT workshops, also train personal trainers, train group fitness instructors. So we thought they would be the experts to bring on board. So the, actually Abby suggested this. And so Abby, I'm shooting to you first. How would you define HIT training? Well, just to keep it super simple, we know that HIT stands for high intensity interval training. So first and foremost, it's interval training where it's got two phases of work. Ideally, you have one phase where, or one bout of work where it's very high intensity, anaerobic work, it's a short amount of time. And then you've got recovery where the intensity is much less and you alternate back and forth. Um, the way that I look at, at, at HIT, and I know there's so many different types of HIT, and we were just mentioning a few moments ago how HIT is kind of you know, taken on a life of its own, but HIT was developed originally um, for athletes. So it was always based on performance, helping athletes perform better. Um, and so it's so important that we take into consideration the recovery portion of HIT, recovery during the workout, those, those intervals, and then also recovery after the workout. So, and the other thing I think about with HIT is that it should be, um, there should be some accountability. It should be measurable. So intensity is more than just your effort level. Effort's important. You need to know how hard you're working. You know what it feels like, but the intensity could be an actual number. It could be the amount of weight you're lifting. It could be, um, you know, could be things like the watts on your bike. So it should be a number that's measurable that you can compare from workout to workout. And I really like that you brought that up about measuring. Um, I think before we turned the camera on, we were talking, uh, I brought up that the American College of Sports Medicine just released their trends report for 2022, like literally today. Okay, pretty exciting stuff. And what I noticed on there is wearable technologies was number one. So you're talking about measuring it's right. very, very, very important. Um, but HIT training, like four years ago, was number one. Three years ago, it dropped to number three. Uh, the year before last, I think in 2019, it was at number five. And for 2022, HIT training dropped to number seven. 
This is according to American College of Sports Medicine. Now, we all know that the American College of Sports Medicine, they did have about 4,500 people respond to the survey, but it's primarily certified instructors from ACSM, ACSM certified instructors. It's also academicians and it's medical professionals. Those are the primary. We're talking about 3% for group fitness, maybe 3% for club owners and managers. So that's pretty interesting. Um, and Linda, I'm gonna jump, I, 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 I'm gonna surprise you with this. And I'm just wondering, why do you think it's dropped to number seven? And also, please provide first your definition of hit. Uh, similar to what Abby said, I love that she kept it very, very simple. What HIT should be is alternating between high intensity and recovery. And I can't stress enough the recovery part. I think that's the part that our consumers don't want to do. They want to just keep going, but varying bouts of activity. And again, that could be cardio and then recovery, or it could be strength training, just like Abby said. So that's the simplest form. What I was saying before we turn the cameras on is there's been so much hit that it's almost become watered down. So we started with Tabata, which was the true hit of eight minutes of work, 20 seconds, all out effort. And now we've kind of moved that your hit can be any workout you want. So there are a lot of different varieties of hit workouts based on the format, the instructor, the coach, and obviously the, the participant. You asked why, why do I think it's changed? And especially where you just said it's primarily, primarily uh, instructors or trainers answering that uh, questionnaire. I think we are moving in the right direction. And I think that you're seeing more people, more people are strength training, and that's a really good thing, especially women. Women usually are afraid to strength train because they're afraid they're going to get bulky. And I think that we have continued to send that message. And I think that people are getting the message that recovery is really important. And I'm not even talking about during the workout, even though that's really important. I'm talking about recovery after workouts. People are taking more time to do restoration work, to do uh, foam rolling. Uh, Abby, I'm going to get the word wrong. I bought one of those little thingamajigas, the Namursa. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that. Thingamajigas. <laughs> the technical term. It's okay. Right. We'll, we'll spell it out for you. Uh, so I think that we as instructors and trainers are leading the way, which is what we should do. And the other thing is you have instructors like me who have been injured from HIT. I still do HIT, but I only do it twice a week and I'm trying to practice what I preach. So I think that's why it's gone down in the number. It's still popular, but maybe we're not as obsessed with it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Linda. And, and Kelly, what are your thoughts on defining HIT and where it's positioned in 2022? Um, I've always defined HIT by the studies. I, I've done a lot of um, presentations on HIT training and have looked to the studies. And so when you look at the studies, there's a huge variety of ways of doing high intensity training interval training, you know, from four minute intervals that Tremblay studied down to the 2010 of Tabata. Um, there's everything in between. Basically, I think 
Abby and Linda have said everything I would have already said about it. It's, I, and I really believe in measurability and measuring the intensity, not just with heart rate too. Heart rate really is a measurement of your experience of what you're doing, but having watts on a bike, for example, my favorite way of doing HIIT is on a bike because it, it doesn't hurt. It's just hard at the, it's, it's that intensity at that time, but it doesn't beat up my joints. But I also teach at Equinox and HIIT is huge there. They're, just about all the classes have some form of HIIT, some element of HIIT in there, whether it's some kind of jumping interval, some plyometrics, and uh, it, it's, it's huge. Now, I do think the reason why it dropped so much on ACSM's uh, survey is something to do with the fact that we've been virtual almost exclusively for a year. And I think, you know, when you're in a studio, when you're with other people and everyone's moving together and there's that incredible energy of group exercise where people are working at that intensity together, then that's infectious. But in your living room by yourself in front of a screen is not the same kind of wow. It really isn't. So I think, you know, the, the, um, the drop is probably also connected to the fact that virtual training is so big now and continued to be really big. I think you're right, Kelly. I think it's interesting because what we've seen, it's really two years we've blacked down. Two years. And when I look at like, let's say ACSM and their preferred workouts, you know, you see wearable technologies, you see in-home gyms, you see outdoor training. These are things we never would have seen in 2019. We just wouldn't have experienced. So maybe that's pushed it down. The other thing is that surprised me is group in 2019, according to ACSM, group training was going up and up and up and it was in the top three. Now it's it barely made the top 20. It is number 20 for ACSM group training. Well, hello, we can't be in a group. You know, we're like six feet apart. Most of us are eight feet apart. Like at the conferences, we put dots on the floor that are eight feet apart because God forbid somebody crosses over into somebody else's space or, or Abby points to the right and everybody's going left. You know, <laughs> it's because of her poor cueing, you know, but we feel bad for Abby. Yeah. <laughs> poor cue. But, but it's, it's, it's interesting the way things are training, are, are changing. But that intensity, Kelly, why do you think like Equinox, they would not put it on the schedule unless the students wanted it. I mean, all of us, no, they're a very savvy group. They so, yeah, they're very savvy, but I was talking to my manager just the other day and I'm teaching a class called Strong, which is a strength training class. And he said, I could put Body Sculpt and Strong on the schedule all day and it would be packed because people love it. So I, coming back to what Linda was saying about strength training, strength training is really seeing you know, a, a good growth in the last few years. And, and I've, I've seen it for years being the most popular classes on the schedule at, at the gym. I think that, that Equinox just really likes HIT protocol. It, it just seems to be 
they like that intensity. They, they, they've kind of bought into it. Um, Linda, what is the science behind the HIIT training that you think uh, draws people to this type of programming? Well, because there's so many benefits to it. One of the best things I think about HIIT training, so obviously you're getting your heart rate up to that max heart rate and you're hitting that anaerobic zone, but it also can give you that endurance training. So if you're if you're a, a marathon runner, which I am not people and I'm never going to, you can still get the benefits from HIIT training. It can still uh, make your, increase your cardiovascular level. So there is, as Kelly was saying, and I love that she brought up the science, she's such the science girl. There is so, as so much research that HIIT training does equal benefits of cardiovascular, uh, depending on what you're doing. I'm using it as a cardiovascular, like you said, on a bike, that's usually a cardiovascular workout. You're definitely going to increase your endurance and your anaerobic threshold, and that's what people want. So that's the science part that people want. The other thing that people want is it's an efficient workout. You get the most bang for your buck in that workout. But people know that it works, so they want to do it. I think the problem is, and this is why maybe stop down also. Um, Steiniger, S-T-E-I-N-I-G-E-R. Oh, I heard Stephanie in there. Stephanie, Stephanie? I heard you. <laughs> okay. He's like, I'm muted. <laughs> I heard um, I, hold on, I just had my thought and I just lost it for one second. Um, recovery, a anyway, I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. Going on is you were talking about the efficiency of the program. And then you get, you get, you know, cardiovascular training, you get musculoskeletal training, it's efficient, it's 30 minutes. Exactly. The problem, the problem that I think we ran into, and perhaps which is why people get injured, is people want to do HIT every day. And this panel knows that we should not be doing HIT every day. Because if you do HIT every day, guess what? You're not doing HIT. I was an economics major. The only thing I learned is the law of diminishing returns, which means that the more you do something, the less productive you are. So if you are doing HIT training every single day, you're no longer doing HIT training. So the science is you should only do HIT training twice, maybe three times a week, so that you can really hit those maximum heart rates, getting in that anaerobic zone, so that you can get the benefits that you are looking for. Yeah, I, I can see that Pam um, wrote exactly, yeah, um, you know, it, this is, that's exactly it. Um, I'm sitting here in Colorado right now and I'm a skier. <clears throat> oh, skiing is just a wonderful hit programming. You work like a lunatic going down the mountain and then the focus is for coffee. You sit on the chair and you chat, you know, it's, I think, Chatting is a cardiovascular activity. That's that's, that's sticking to that. But but it is. It's an interval. And you emphasize the importance of recovery. And I think sometimes that gets lost. Can you share with us your thoughts on that? Yeah. So if if you're looking to gain the benefits of hit, like what true hit is, because we we know we were just talking about all the all the the benefits of doing it. I mean, one of them is potentially you can lose weight. We we know that potentially. Do you like that if it's done right? You've got, you know, you've got, if, especially if you're working at that high level, it takes a lot longer for your body to recover and the fuel that you use to recover. So we're talking about that afterburn and how important that is um, if you're doing it, if you're doing it right. And it always comes back to that. So what that means is that 
even within the workout and there's, and I was, I forgot who I was reading that like, what's his name, Michel Delcor. And I love what he wrote about this. He said, um, if your recovery is less than two to three times what the actual work is, it's probably not true hit. In other words, if you work out, if you went all out for say 30 seconds, as an example, all out intensity for 30 seconds, you'll need at least two to three times that to recover. And a lot of people think recovery means doing nothing. You know, I was joking, standing around smoking a cigarette. No, that's not what we're talking about. It might be just some exercise that's less intense so that you're able to go back and do the same bout of work again for 30 seconds. So if, if it's on the bike, say you, you know, you burned 30 seconds, give me a good calorie. You burn 10 calories in 30 seconds. That's probably a lot, but you burn 10 calories by working all out. Well, you'll need a good minute to 90 seconds to recover, to come back and try to burn the same amount of calories again. And that's where really the, the benefits come in. And we're talking, when we say benefits, um, all the things that Linda was saying, again, losing weight can be a part of it if it's done right, but also the hormones that your body produces, all the anti-aging hormones, I think that's huge. Um, and I keep going on about this, but you know, I'm always in school and I'm in school. And one of my you know, physiology textbooks was even, was even, this is even a few years ago, was talking about the benefits of doing HIT, a physiology textbook. I was like, wow. So they really bring, they're bringing this in, you know, to um, you know, at the university level talking about it, but they're also saying how it really needs to be done right. And that recovery within the workout and then recovery after the workout is important. So again, you can't, you couldn't do this every day because you could never, first of all, you couldn't recover. You couldn't recover fast enough if you're working at that level. Now, what that also means is we come back to those true numbers. Cause I know a lot of people sometimes think they're working really hard. And I say this all the time, their effort level is very high and that's important. But that can be a little, a little, what's the word? Um, deceiving. It can be a little deceiving your effort level of the perceived exertion level. And the one thing and I'm just going to, I'm going to say this as quickly as I can, but as an example, when you go out, you know, who runs like three miles? And I've said this a few times, Sarah, I know you, you're a runner, right? You're like three miles. You used to, but three miles is a pretty good walker. I walk three miles. Now you're a walker. All right. So if you walk three miles versus run three miles, how many calories do you burn? It's still so three miles. It's the same three miles. It's the yeah, same it energy that you used. Right. It just takes you longer, but you're yeah. still burning the same amount of calories, even though the effort level for the running felt like it was a lot more. Some of you all know you've gone out for a three mile run on Monday and you've gone out for a three mile run on Thursday. Monday, it felt great. Three miles, it felt horrible, or Thursday, it felt horrible, but you still finished through three miles. Again, how many calories did you burn? You know, how much energy do you use? It's the same. So if it feels horrible on Thursday, what did you do Tuesday and Wednesday to recover? Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you didn't get enough, you know, it could be food. It could be hormone levels, especially for women. It could be so many different, different um, variables that you have to look at. We have to look at the different variables. Um, Kelly, I know that you do personal training clients and, and you also teach group X. Um, for yourself as an instructor, how are you managing your teaching so that you don't overdo it if you're, do, if you're training in a HIT program, either with a personal training client or, or in a group X class? Um, and how does your club manage the scheduling? The club doesn't manage the scheduling well, I don't think. Just, I don't think they do. And that has nothing to do with me. I don't have a choice in that. But 
How I manage it is that I take two days of active or passive recovery a week. So my Monday is a hard day. My Tuesday is a hard day. Both of those have elements of hit. Wednesday is recovery. Wednesday I recover. Thursday is strength. Friday is recovery. Saturday is endurance, a long endurance day. And Sunday is recovery. So I'm getting, I, I do a lot of active recovery where I am working with my heart rate below 120, just mostly riding or walking and it is distinctly low intensity and it is active. And I also foam roll, I stretch, I do my CBD at, um, creams on my owies and drops at night to help me sleep and I'm very um, I'm very aggressive about my sleep making sure I get enough sleep because sleep is critical if you're doing hit and you're not getting enough sleep then you're not recovering because sleep is critical for recovery for hit and one of the ways you should be looking at this is at your resting heart rate so in the morning, before you get out of bed, see what your heart rate is when you haven't been woken up by an alarm and do it three days in a row. What you'll notice is the day after a HIIT training, your heart rate will be about five beats higher until your body comes back into homeostasis. And that's that epoch, that excess post-exercise oxygen consumption that Abby was talking about, the afterburn. Now the afterburn means that your heart rate is going to be, your resting heart rate is going to be elevated because your body's bringing itself back into homeostasis and it does it by burning fat, fat calories, calories at a higher level than at your normal resting metabolism. And this is good, but if your heart rate stays chronically elevated, your cortisol levels are also going to be chronically elevated which means that your stress hormones, your norepinephrine and epinephrine, your noradrenaline and adrenaline levels will be high from a chronic standpoint, which means you're not recovering and you are going to really burn out. You'll not just get orthopedic injuries, you will get a systemic fatigue. And, and I think that's really interesting. Linda, I'm gonna hit on you in just a second here. But what I think is fascinating is that sometimes we get addicted to a fitness routine like like again like for for a while there it was hot yoga okay i wanted to do hot yoga like every day it, it, that's not efficient that's not a way to build your body up to be honest with you that's probably a way to build you you know tear yourself down doing hit every day doing yoga every day foam rolling every day you know the overdoing anything is not exactly healthy for us but it's that integration. I like Kelly the way, you know, it, it feels like a wave because then you can really do hit and you can recover and then you can come back and really do that hit program. Um, Linda, how do you manage the integration of hit with the high intensity and the recovery, both in let's say a weekly or a, a, or a weekly rhythm and also in a, in a 20 minute class you teach or a 30 minute class you teach? Okay, so if you're asking me personally, I think you're asking me personally yes. in the classes I teach. So oh. I, go ahead. So uh, 
I just started live today, but before that, I, I just started in person. Before that, I was teaching virtually, and Mondays was always my hit day. I think psychologically, after Sunday, people want that hit. Just like Kelly, you said, you make Monday your hard day. So my Monday was my hit day. Uh, then, to be honest with you, I didn't teach, and I tried to do things like yoga or my restorative things or strength training. And then on Thursday, I probably did another type of hit, but maybe it was hit the bar. So offering more variety. Um, so what was the second part of the question? <laughs> so you gave us a week long. And how do you, what's, what's one of your favorite hit classes that you teach? And how do you manage it in that 20, 30 minute workout? Well, I, t I teach right now Hit Extreme Chaos, which you mentioned, that's part of one of the Savia programs. That's a 50-minute 50 50 minute workout, 5-0. And that one has, um, I'll tell you just quickly about that one. It, it is a great program. 20 minutes of cardio, uh, 16, sorry, 16 minutes of cardio, 12 minutes of strength training, and then four minutes of a true hit. So that 16 minutes of cardio, you can vary the timing when you first when instructors first get certified they have a one-to-one -one ratio on the on the cardio so it's 30 seconds work 30 seconds recovery and let me just stay on this for a second my clients that took it didn't like that why didn't they like that because they thought that 30 seconds recovery was too long we know what the answer is. You're not pushing hard enough in the 30 seconds, right? But I don't know how to do that over a, a camera screen. So I have gone to 45 seconds work, 15 seconds recovery. But we know that in that 45 seconds, they're probably not pushing as hard as they would if they did, say, a 20 second, a 20 second all out burst. Because you mentioned the 20 second workout, I am the queen of the 20, 20, 20 minute workout. When I work out by myself, I just want 20 minutes. So when I do that, I will do just 30 seconds of work, 15 seconds recovery, and then I'll add in some strength training. And when you add the strength training in, I'm trying to make sure that you're adding strength training that is overload principle, right? So that might not be a cardio goal, but adding heavy weight so that you get that metabolic effect that you're still getting the heart rate up. Yeah, I really like that. Thank you, Linda, that, that is very clear. We got a great question from Suzanne. And I think you guys have answered this a little bit, but I think elaborating on it is a very good idea. So Suzanne asked, what does the panel consider to be working smarter? Now, from what I hear, I hear sleep. I hear, you know, Kelly talks about sleep. We need to, we need to recover on a, on a broader scale, not just within our 30 minute workout or a 50 minute workout or 20 minute, we need to make sure that we're getting overall recovery. Um, I think the focus is recovery. Abby, what do you think about that? How would you answer Suzanne? I think, um, and it's probably speaking to what Kelly said too, it's really cross-training. I mean, it really comes down to, I think, I mean, maybe I'm kind of overstepping my bounds by saying that, but it's doing a little bit of everything and understanding that you can't do hit every single day. So um, you, you have to see, you know, you've got to, you've got to Kelly was mentioning heart rate, you know, what your heart rate this morning, but it's, you know, really measuring, you know, what your abilities are every single day. Are you getting stronger? Are, do you, are you feeling better? Do you see changes in your body? Um, if you don't see those changes, what are you doing? What are you doing wrong? I mean, yes, you're doing something wrong that you're not seeing the changes. Do your current workouts, do they actually, are, are you getting stronger in your workouts or do your current workouts start to feel easier? 
And to yep. me, that's kind of, that's the benefit of, that's, that's the, the definition of getting more fit. Either you're getting stronger, you're getting, you're doing, you're able to do more or the same workout feels easier. Right. You can do it longer. You could do it harder or you can do it with, with less discomfort, less challenge. Yeah. And you and see I, changes. Yeah. And one thing I heard, um, and it, it really makes me think about this as I age. I mean, I used to be able to, you know, ski every day, just come back, you know, have a couple glasses of wine, have a nice dinner, wake up in the morning, do the same, you know, double diamond moguls. And now it's 62 years old. It's, it's not the same. Okay. It's just not the same. So when I hear you talk about measuring, um, I also think it's not just about our heart rate. It's not just about the length of the workout, et cetera. It's how do we feel? And I think to answer your question, Suzanne, a lot of times working smarter does not mean standing in a group, whether it's a large group, small group, or even having a personal trainer scream at us, keep going, keep going, jump higher, jump longer, you know, work harder, lift more. It's listening to our body and saying, you know what? I love you today and I want to keep going, but this does not feel good. You ever have those days where it's just, it's like, I just can't do it. And you need to listen to your body because it also not only can it mean that your body's fatigued, your body is challenged. Like Kelly had stated, you know, Kelly, you, you said that if you do hit workout, you're going to wake up the next morning and your heart rate's going to be higher because your body's working hard to recover from the stress you put it under. And that recovery is key because that's where you get stronger. Um, but it's all about that listening to your heart rate, listening to how you feel the next day. And your heart rate not only may be up because it's trying to repair physically from minor tears in the musculature that the delayed onset muscle soreness, et cetera. It also can be challenged by getting the flu, getting a small cold, you know, you're, it's colder outside. You've been walking around outside, you know, it, it, it's different. The body has to work stronger. So I'm, I'm thinking Kelly, what other triggers do you see that could help us work smarter? What are some of the triggers that might be external or internal um, in your clients? So us as fitness professionals, we can be sensitive and really guide our clients intelligently. I think it's all about working. Well, I, I think working smarter is about quality, not quantity. Mm. I really do. You want your hit workouts to be absolute pure quality. And when you can't maintain the same level of work, your workout is done. Maybe you set out to do 10 like I learned this from my coach, my coach, my cycling coach always would, he would give me two interval days a week and my interval day would be brutally hard. But he always said, if you get to a point where your quality is not there, you are done. Ride home, put your feet up, have a stretch. You're done. If the quality is not there. So it's quality, not quantity. You, you, we've been talking about two days a week. Um, it's 20% of your total workout volume. So if your workout volume, 100% of your workout volume means that 
80% of that workout volume is moderate to you know moderate to threshold and below intensity and then 20% of it is anaerobic work and you want that 20% to be absolute pristine quality anaerobic work that is absolutely above threshold and that's where you'll get the benefits from the anaerobic training if it's truly anaerobic if you're not getting there then you're not recovered so let it be quality not quantity rest sleep stretch do active recovery active cardiovascular recovery not just not just stretching but do walking and easy cycling and things like that there's huge benefits to doing that oh i like that i think the focus on quality and and i think we all can kind of relate to that um linda when you are going to do a hit program let's talk about different variety of hit programs you know we can do it on a cycle um and you talked about bar training um i think that that's quite interesting and i think that's possibly the reason why there are so many hit classes on the schedule because of this massive variety. Can you share some of the variety you see that have been successful? Well, I, especially with bar, because bar is so big and bar is so mainstream. There's so many different fusions. Um, you're right. I actually taught a cycling class today. And just to, you're so right with the measurement of the watts. Uh, we use a stages bike, so we see the watts. Um, so there's many different ways you can do hit. And I think that's a good thing for our members because if you do a bar class, that hit can be low impact. And I'm just picking on bar for that way. Remember, hit doesn't have to be all about jumping plyometrics and killing your joints. Most of the time in my bar class, I'm doing hit, but I'm usually just using big range of motion, big dynamic movements. So anybody can come in i do like to say that everybody comes into my class is an athlete but that person could be a 20 year old athlete 30 year old athlete or 80 year old athlete so i think it's important that there is all this variety like you said kelly on a bike you can do interval training and it's not hard on your joints so there's many different varieties obviously you can do high impact high knees but even with that if i'm doing high knees and i love that example, because high knees, I can make it high impact or low impact, but at the very base of the movement, it is simple, not easy, but it's simple. It's not complicated. It's not complex. So I think that there's so much variety in HIT workouts, and we need to give a lot of variety to all of our consumers. And there's lots of different ways to do it in different formats, whether it be bar on a bike or a traditional hit class maybe using body weight and all those burpees can i just say one more thing too and i love i'm just i'm really encouraged by our industry because i think we are going we are starting to talk more about recovery you all mentioned um sleep super important and hydration if you are dehydrated that's also going to cause your heart rate to go up not because of the workload but possibly because you're uh, dehydrated so i think adding to the Working smarter isn't just about in the gym or in the workout, if it's in your living room, it's about all these things that we're talking about, making sure that you're well rested, making sure that you're well hydrated, 
before the workout and that you're recovered and re ready for that workout so that you can push to those thresholds. Um, Abby, can you share some of the variety that's worked for you for the different, uh, the various hit programming that, that you've created and that you offer? Yeah, so um, for my own workouts, I probably have one day a week where it's really, it's true hit. I mean, the rest of it, you know, you guys know my story. I don't love cardio. <laughs> I'm like, what do you do for exercise? I'm like, I lift weights. No, what do you do for cardio? I lift weights faster. Who knows that joke? So yes. I don't really love, it's not my favorite thing. I do a lot of strength training. So I find, you know, and I alternate, you know, different areas of the body that I'm training. So I pick one day of the week where I challenge myself and it could be an upper body day. It could be a, it's easier to do hit with lower body. We know that because you know, your lower body dominance, it, we got that part, but, um, and then it could be my cardio day. Cause I do have, you know, one or two cardio days a week. So I alternate, I just pick one day and I try to change it from week to week. So it's a different focus and that's just for me. And that's so I don't, you know, that I, that I, um, don't, that I don't get injured, that I don't keep repeating the same movements over and over. And I keep, this is, I think hugely important, not only for me, but for my clients and my classes, my warmups are significantly longer than they used to be. Oh my gosh. Like there, I, I don't even see anything wrong with having a 10 minute warm up. Now, when they think warm up, I'm not doing marching in place. I'm doing movement that will prepare us for what we're about to do in the workout. So it could be, you know, a little bit more intense as we progress through the 10 minutes of, and maybe it's not 10 minutes, but I'm just throwing that number out. I'm not afraid to do a 10 minute warm up. A lot of you guys know that. Now with the workouts that I create for people and for my clients, and I do, I probably do, you know, I alternate because I've got my killer core class and my killer booty class that are both online. They, I don't know, I don't know what the, these are all virtual workouts. So I don't know what they've been doing throughout the rest of the week. So I've got to be careful about how I plan this. So I probably pick once a month, maybe twice a month where I do one of those classes and make it a higher intensity workout. Now, when I say higher intensity, and then I'm going to shut up, what I do is I pick, you know, a certain amount of time, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, maybe even 45 seconds of all out work. And most of the time it's going to be a body weight exercise. And then what I do to recover is rather than stand around, because I know sometimes your clients, the type A's, they don't want to stand around and do nothing even though they probably didn't work hard enough. And if they did work hard enough, they would want to stand around and do nothing. But I know, I know them and I know just psychologically. So what I do is I give them active recovery. I give them movement in there. So it's something that's not impact. It's not going to put a lot of stress on their joints. And I know that their heart rate and their intensity comes down significantly. So then I ask, because I always have them repeat the same exercise at least once, most and likely twice and three times. Yeah. And the nice thing is when you do something like that, you, you keep them engaged. Yes. I mean, you, you just keep them engaged. And something and, that requires technique. I think technique, right. I think you can work on technique things that will get them better for the actual hit. So they have to think a little bit and so they don't I get love, bored. I love that idea. I think that that's a, that's a terrific way to approach it because we need to, I think people realize you're going to take one class, two class, three class, four classes. Even if you're doing two a week, that's two weeks. You've already taken four classes. Do you think they're going to see their body change in two weeks? No, it takes some, you know, six to 12 weeks before they're going to see any physiological change going on. And let's just hope it hasn't been over the holidays because they're stuffing their face, which is counteracting the workout anyway, you know, because they all think it's, you know, oh, look at my arms. Don't they look like great? No, because you've been eating Christmas cookies, you know, um, but we need to keep them engaged. And I love the idea of preparing them. I love the idea of that recovery. Um, 
if I were going to ask you guys, believe it or not, we've got like these webinars just fly by. We've got two minutes going. Um, I'm going to ask you, we just went through way at the beginning what our definition is of HIT was. Just a quick, quick summary because I do want to show you guys a video. You know what? I'm going to show you the video first and then I'm going to ask for conclusions. Ha ha. So um, here we go. I'm going to show you. I'm really excited about this. We're just about to launch DC Mania. So of course, we have an awesome new video for you guys that shows all this wonderful workout stuff that Adam so amazingly created for us. So take a look here. If you can see, this is DC Mania. It's scwfit.com forward slash DC. And you can see this wonderful site we have. And you can get our guide to greatness, which is our brochure and schedule. And of course, we have our business. Um, we have our business track and we have our amazing sponsors that we couldn't do without. Take a look at our video. exciting stuff. You got to love it. So now, Kelly, I'm starting with you. Give me your quick conclusion here for HIT training. I think I'd come back to saying it's quality, not quantity. Make your HIT the highest quality training you can get and then recover. Great. Love it. Uh, Linda? Same. No, but I won't, I won't get off that easy. I know that. Yes. <laughs> Make sure if you're doing HIT, it doesn't have to be five times a week. It should not be. It should be once or twice. Go hard, then go home, but be smart about it. And make sure you're recovering. Make sure you're getting your sleep. Make sure you're hydrating. Make sure you're taking care of your body and your emotional fitness. Make sure you're taking care of your mind. If your mind is right, you'll be able to hit it harder. Thank you. That's great. And Abby? Measure your intensity. Measure your intensity. See with regard with watts, with with some something that's measurable, like a number. Measure. Try to hit that same number and find ways in the middle of the workout. Like make them short little bouts of work, and then find ways in the within the workout to make active recovery exciting for your clients. Terrific! I love it. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Adam, for running this webinar. Thank you all for joining us. Happy New Year, everybody. Take care and recover, okay? <laughs> See you all.